Okay, then. Ron Wolfley. Ron Wolfley. What is up? <laughs> Witch Buster. Extraordinaire. Love that guy. Luke Lipinski. Yay. Wolf and Luke. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Live from the Auction Community Studios on this Tuesday morning, it is the Wolf and Luke Show, and Wolf, you're here, man. What's going on? Yeah, you know what? Uh, first day back, of course, from winter break, as we like to say in the Wolfley compound, and getting authenticated immediately as I speak. Interesting. Oh, you're locked out of your How email already. How are you doing, already, Luke? Huh? You doing okay? <laughs> yeah, I mean, it was, it was yeah, weird scene, obviously, last night. Not the, the greatest uh, weekend after that, but in general, man, it's good to have you back. It is New Year's. That was, that was a good, that part of the weekend was good, so, you know. Yeah, yeah no, absolutely. It feels good to be back um, yet at the same time. Um, uh, very difficult under the circumstances. Yeah, I mean, look, we, we're doing a four-hour show. It's supposed to be entertaining. I don't know about you, but when things are super heavy, I usually turn to sports for a distraction, as I think a lot of people do. Yep. So we're trying to walk that line here of making sure we obviously address the biggest story uh, and, and do it in a respectful way, but also you know talk about some other stuff just to give people a little bit of an escape, because that was pretty... That I think that weighed on everybody last night. That was not that that, that game was right there. I mean, that was in prime time. It was the matchup of the weekend. This is not not that it would have made a difference in terms of the importance, but it would have made a, a difference maybe in terms of the impact it instantly had on everybody if it wasn't Monday Night Football between two Super Bowl contenders with everybody watching, and then that happens. Yes, um, to see DeMar Hamlin go down in the first quarter, and um, I've never seen anything like it. I know that you've heard that a million times, Basinonians right now. You've heard that over and over and over again from every analyst they put on television every radio analyst. It, it is truly stunning to me when I listen to all of these guys. My brothers, um, we've been around this game for a long time. My older brother, Craig, my younger brother, Dale, talking about it. We've never seen anything like this. All the football, all the years, all the games, we've never seen anything like it. And to suddenly see two teams come together on the field in the first quarter of one of the biggest games you're talking about an intense, um, aggressive, physical, violent game, the game of football. You're talking about the intensity coming out on the field. And suddenly, in the first quarter of that, one of the biggest games of the year played in the National Football League. And to have guys walking over and consoling their opponent, it, it just struck me that human beings, it just reminded me all over again, human beings play this game. Not computers. Not video. Not not any type of, of anything but reality. And to see it out on the field, to see it, it just it's a great reminder of the humanity of the game. And how difficult it is when somebody goes down the the brotherhood that formed around Damar Hamlin was stunning. Well, you know, you said it that that you've heard it a million times that nobody has seen anything like this, but I think that 
that's the point, right? There hasn't been one person that's like, oh, yeah, I saw something like, no, that's not. Nobody has seen anything like that. It's it's the greatest fear of football, the way that that was playing out. And, you know, to your point, the players, the players reaction will tell you when something's off, right? And and to see Josh Allen reacting the way he was and then Stephon Diggs and then a bunch of guys, but to also, to your point, see the Bengals react the way they did. And when you could really, I, I don't know, at least for me, when you could tell like this game's not, they're, they're ending this game right now, is when Zach Taylor and Sean McDermott went and talked to each other. Because that, to me, and we don't know the dialogue there, but yeah. that, that, to me, looked a lot like McDermott being like, I'm not making my guys play. And Zach Taylor being like, well, we're not going to just steal a free, like a forfeit win. Like, we, we'll walk off, too. Yeah. That's what it looked like. And you're right, Wolf. It's That was not a preseason game. That was not some high school game. Again, that not not that it wouldn't have been important if it happened in one of those, but in terms of the, the attitude of the players going into the game, you're talking about two teams that were fighting for Super Bowl position on Monday Night Football, and for that to flip so quickly it absolutely speaks to the humanity of the game. Yeah, and, you know, again, um, when do you play this game? When are you going to play this game? What what happens? What What is Roger Goodell and the National Football League going to do? Suddenly, um, you're going to play tomorrow? You're going to play... There's no way. I... I, I there, you you can't do it, right? So what do you do? do you, it's a tie. You you say we're going to end in a tie. I, I don't know. And, and you know what? Honestly, right now, I guess um, it's premature to even speak of because it's still about Demar Hamlin yeah. and what happened to Demar Hamlin. See, even you start talking about that, it feels feel weird, weird to talk about it. it. Yeah, absolutely. It, it absolutely feels does. weird. Because that's what sports fans do. Sports fans are like, okay, well, you know, are you just going to, do you cancel this game? Do you move it? What, what happened? Because that's what you're, you're conditioned to do as a sports fan, right? Sports are supposed to be a distraction. They're not supposed to get serious like this. But you're right. It feels completely weird to talk about any of it. Anything. While this guy's, you know, still, still fighting the fight that he's fighting right now. This was, um, this was Ryan Clark. Uh, and I thought, you know, I, I thought everybody on the broadcast, Considering the situation, Joe Buck, Troy Aikman, everybody involved, I thought they did a pretty remarkable job because everybody was just shell-shocked. Uh, and they went to Ryan Clark uh, right after they, they cut away from the game. And, uh, and and he had some some really interesting stuff to say. I dealt with this before, and I watched my teammates for days come to my hospital bed and just cry. I had them call me and tell me that they didn't think I was going to make it. And now this team has to deal with that, and they have no answers. Mm -hmm. And so the next time I think that we get upset at our favorite fantasy player (laughs) or we're we're upset that the, the guy on our team doesn't make the play and we're saying he's worthless and we're saying you get to make all this money, we should remember that these men are putting their lives on the line to live their dream. And tonight, DeMar Hamlin's dream became a nightmare for not only himself, but his family and his entire team. Yeah, you know, it's so, you know, again, I, I don't want to nitpick. I don't in a situation like this. Yeah. I don't. But, but um, you know, to say, you know, putting your, your lives on the line. I, I don't know a lot of guys that actually take the field and, and think I'm putting my life, putting your well-being certainly 
on the line. There's yeah. no doubt about that. You know that. you're going to get hurt at some you point. You walk into, but I, I, and but I don't hurt. know if Ryan Clark, I, I, I don't know if Ryan Clark meant it to, to sound like that or if that what is if that's what his meaning was. It's also a little bit different for him when but he I'm played saying, with, with everything I, I, he I had. I guess what I'm saying is when a, a police officer puts on the uniform and goes out onto the street every day, he honestly doesn't know if he's coming back. Uh, I, a firefighter as well, somebody who does that, our first responders, um, people that are in the military, of course, that go out and, and perform. They, they go ahead and do their duty and don't know if their life is on the line. Now, now again, um, certainly with Damar Rosen, I mean, Damar Hamlin, I'm sorry, um, it, it applies, doesn't it? It applies that he didn't know what was going to happen. Of course, his life. Somebody, somebody is out there getting CPR for nine minutes. That was the other thing about it that just stunned me. In and front it was of everybody. the reason why the, the players, the look on their faces when you see them working for nine minutes on the guy. On, are you kidding me? That, that's something you never see on a football field. And that's what brought the Bengals over as well. And the reason why they were consoling each other was because of the activity that was happening. Once again, I'm just saying, um, football players, they take the field. I had to talk to my wife about this, and I have no time to actually do it right now. But when we talk about it the next time, I want to bring up the Warrior Queen and our son and whether or not we'll let him play football based on what happened last night. Because there's a lot of mothers that are out there probably thinking the same thing. I will say this. This was, you know, something that was a, a just a good sign of, of humans banding together last night. The the toy drive. Did you see Tamar Hamlin's toy drive? Yes. It, was, it was supposed to raise like $2,500. Yes. Whatever the goal was. It's up to almost $4 million. Like that's... <laughs> Yeah, so incredible. That's there's not even really words for that. Uh, all right, when we come back, we're going to switch gears a little bit. We'll talk about the Cardinals who played on Sunday, lost to the Falcons by one. We'll take you through the biggest plays with Big Red Reacts next. It's Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Woo-hoo-hoo. Wolf and Luke, Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Welcome back to the show. It is Wolf and Luke. We are both here. We are back here for the start of the new year. And uh, the Cardinals end up losing to Atlanta by one on Sunday in a game that David Blau started. What is that? The fourth different Cardinals quarterback to start in four straight weeks. Um, let's, let's get you caught up on everything. Now it feels like it was forever ago with Big Red Reacts. Wolf and Luke. Big Red Reacts. Reaction to yesterday's Cardinals game. Brought to you by Wicopa Casino Resort, where world-class action meets four diamond splendor. 38-yard attempt for Matt Prater. Ball on the near hash mark. Snap to Andy Lee. Gets it down. The kick is on the way. And the kick is good. So the Cardinals get points out of a very impressive opening drive engineered by David Blau. Algier closing in on 1,000 all-purpose yards. As the tailback, he's going to get the carry off the left side, and he's into the end zone for the touchdown. 
Great drive by the Falcons. Tyler Algier had seven carries on that possession. 16-play drive that took over nine minutes for the Falcons. They punch it in and lead 6-3. to three. For Daryl Patterson as the running back. Ball on the ground as Ritter fumbled the exchange and looked like the Cardinals picked the ball up. Look at the pile. It's Arizona ball. It is Lecky Fotu that comes away with the football. Play fake. Bootleg to the right. Throw to the right. Caught by McBride. Then he stumbles and falls down, but he's into the end zone anyway for the touchdown. Great play design. Great execution. Cardinals take advantage of the takeaway. McBride able to get into the end zone for the touchdown. Snap to Lee. Steps into the ball, and it's blocked at the five-yard line. Bouncing around on the far side at the 10 and recovered around the five. Richie Grant appeared to be the man for the Falcons that got through to block it and Atlanta will have the ball first and goal on the Cardinal five with a minute 51 to go in the half. 10-7 for now, Arizona. Snap to Ritter. They run it to the right and Patterson's in for a touchdown. Atlanta back in front. 13-10, a minute 47 to go. Each team has turned it over inside its own 10-yard line, and each team is capitalized with a touchdown. Snap here is good, and so's the kick. And the Cardinals get three points, two seconds remaining, 14-13 Atlanta. Straight drop back for Ritter. Steps up in the pocket and wrapped up and sacked back at the 37-yard line. And it's J.J. Watt. Double-digit sacks for Watt on the season, having a Pro Bowl year. Snap is perfect. Ball is down. And the kick is up, and the kick hugs the left upright, but it's good. And the Cardinals take the lead, 16-14. 43-yard field goal try by Prater. Snap, spot, kick is on the way. It's no good. So an empty possession for the Cardinals. They're going to run it. Clement straight ahead with James Conner shaken up, and he did not get it. Tackled at the line of scrimmage. Again, Conner is not on the field. Got banged up a few plays ago. We have not seen Keontae Ingram at all. And you had Corey Clement out there, and he got stuffed by Rashawn Evans. Atlanta takes over on downs near midfield. Now field goal attempt for the lead, and it's up, and it is good. Atlanta takes the lead as Coop puts it through, 17-16 with 9.36 to go in the fourth quarter. Prater is ready, snap, look good. The hold is good. The kick has the leg, and the kick is good. Matt Prater drills it, 57 yards. Snaps good, falls down, the kick is up, and the kick is perfect, and the Falcons win 20-19. Cardinals are now 4-12. It's another loss, but they played well today, in particular the quarterback, David Blau. But another defeat, 20-19. So the slump continues for the Arizona Cardinals, which is now, I mean, slump probably isn't a strong enough word that that has spanned over a year for this team. Uh, It's a weird spot now, Wolf. We were talking about this last week going into the game with uh, with Kellen Olsen when he was in here and and, and some of the other fill-ins of just like... Cardinals fans talked about with Dave Burns when we did crosstalk last week. You watch the game. I think most Cardinals fans aren't watching the game being rooting against the Cardinals. Sure. But it's this weird spot where now... 
as a fan, a lot of fans go into the game, or, or at least maybe you are able to process the loss afterwards of like, okay, but this is better for a higher draft pick. Like, if you just swallow your vegetables, you're basically getting closer to a higher draft pick. But man, watching the guys on the field and just kind of just seeing what they've gone through this season in terms of wins or losses, it's like they this team just needs a win. Yeah, you know, can I just say that, um, and I told Dave Pash this, and he did agree, but I told Pash that, for me, this is one of the most entertaining games that I've seen the Arizona Cardinals play this season, and I don't care about who was playing and who was not playing. Um, I'm talking about just going out and watching the game of football in all its glory. When I talk about the blending of the two, the old and the new. I think it's so critical for this organization and for Cliff Kingsbury and for the Arizona Cardinals going forward. This is what they must do. This is what I believe they must do. And at the same time, um, to see the Atlanta Falcons out on the field doing the same thing. And when I'm saying the blending of the old and the new, I'm talking about shotgun. I'm talking about running shotgun. I'm talking about using it, of course, in all of its glory and all the different personnel groups, whether you want to go 10 personnel, which is one back, no tight ends, four wide receivers, or if you want to go 13 personnel, which is one back, three tight ends, whatever it may be, and do it from the gun, that's great, but also include the pistol Use that a large percentage of the time. Use under center a large percentage of the time. See, the blending of the two, I really loved what I saw schematically. It was my favorite game of the season because, to me, that's football. When I see football, the expansion of the football universe in all of its glory, that, to me, fills me with a, a, a deep-down love and passion for the game. When I see it, these physical schemes that the Arizona Cardinals were using as well, running the ball, James Conner putting his toes at seven yards and letting him attack the line of scrimmage. We've been seeing more and more and more of this, and it fills me with hope, real hope for the offseason, hoping that, of course, they can continue to do this and take it into the offseason. Well, I mean, I said this when we were doing crosstalk with Vic Lamarada this morning, but it, it was impossible to watch that first touchdown to Trey McBride and not think of something you've been saying for two years on this show. There's just no way around it. I know you said that doesn't make you right. It, and doesn't, that's fine. it doesn't make me but, right. But either way, it was, it was a play that anybody that has talked to you, listened to the show, honestly, I think anybody who's just been watching the Cardinals closely for a while this year has looked and said, okay, but it, there's something that's missing, something simple that's missing, and they ran it on the first touchdown, the, the touchdown to Trey McBride, and it was just like, yeah, that's a play that, especially when the Cardinals run it because they never run it with the quarterback under center and the play action and he rolls right because teams don't ever see it from the Cardinals and I mean there you go touchdown Trey McBride it doesn't have to be that hard no exactly and you know once again it does not make me right it just makes me right in this situation watching that game I'm sure it's just my own belief based on audience this is what I think they need to do going forward it's one of the changes I think needs to be made going forward Um, you know again uh, whether, whether they'll do that or not, we don't know. We're going to have to wait and see what's going to happen. There's a lot of question marks, as we all know, that are up right now in the air. And where they're going to go, I have no idea where the direction of the Cardinals organization is going to go. I have no idea. As far as certainty with this team, let's see. 
Buda Baker will be back. <laughs> yeah, that's about yes. you know. I mean, there's a couple other guys, obviously, but but right. for the most part, You're when you trying look to at, make a point, but for when you look, we were looking you know yesterday at this the, the the players that either aren't signed past this year or like JJ Watt is retiring or players they may not want to bring back, and you start and you're like, okay, well, Buda will be back, and like Zayvon Collins, I mean, like there's just there's not a lot of guys that you know for sure. Players, coaches, front office, there's there's so much up in the air. That's why it's at this part so hard to talk about this team big picture. Sure. All right, text us your thoughts to the FanDuel text line at 620-620 right now. We come back. Dave Pash will join us. He will give us his thoughts on what happened last night and uh, the Cardinals' performance on Sunday. We'll talk to the voice of the Cardinals next. It's Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Wolf and Luke, Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Cardinals. Dave Pash is uh, is joining us right now on the Arizona Sports Line. Uh, Dave, thanks for the time, man. How you doing? So, like you guys, still probably in shock over uh, what we witnessed last night. I didn't see it live, um, thankfully, actually, but. Uh, just you know, watching my colleagues on ESPN and how well they handled everything for multiple hours, and just a, a scary situation. And obviously, praying for Demar Hamill and his family, and all the players and support staff and coaches, everybody that witnessed it last night. Well, remember in Denver a few weeks ago when Colt McCoy uh, got hit. Yeah got up for a second and then just fell flat on his back. Thankfully, he was okay and walked off under his own power. But remember how scary that was? Yeah. I'm, I'm sure you've seen that and seen worse, but you know that was really like I'll never forget that. I'll never forget seeing that. Uh, and, and thankfully, Colt's okay. Uh, we don't know yet about DeMar Allen and what what the future holds for him, but I just know my reaction from seeing that, and I can only imagine after just talking to others that did see it live last night, and the people that were in that stadium seeing it live, what what they must be thinking. Yeah, you know what? For me, David, the the unbelievable reality is that everybody that I hear, I, whether it's my brothers, whether it's analysts that are on television, literally everybody that I hear talking about this, ha, they've they've said they've never seen anything like it. And um, that is the truth. To see a a training staff out there. Delivering CPR, you know, on on the football field in a game, the look of horror on on the players' faces told me that game was over in the first quarter. David, when I saw the Bengals players coming over and consoling the Bills players in the first quarter, be, because they all knew that a player was down fighting for his life on a football field. And they were administering CPR. Um, I knew the game was over then, David. And now the question is, you know, depending on you know Demar's situation, what what does the NFL do next? I think we're all waiting to see what the next step is and what happens 
long-term, not just that game, but for the entire schedule. Uh, I think I have to imagine that right now the future is in doubt a little bit, at least, you know, in terms of this week until we know a little bit more, right? I mean, that has to be the case. They have to be waiting to see to make sure that DeMar Hamlin's okay before they proceed with any sort of rescheduling of that game or maybe even the playing of the other games. Yeah, no, that's a great point. I, I can't imagine asking the Bills to play football anytime soon until they're ready to do it. Dave Pash joining us on the Arizona Sports Line. The other thing, Dave, I, I thought Zach Taylor and, and Sean McDermott, I mean, that's an impossible situation. I thought those two kind of showing a unified front and getting together and talking, I thought they just did a, a, as good of a job as you can do in that situation as coaches. I think, guys, and Wolf, again, you know this you know more than we do because you lived it for a good part of your life that there is a there's there is a real brotherhood in I, I know it's the case with all sports but i feel like football more than maybe any other because every play in football could be based on what you're signing up for and the physicality it could be your last. Your career could be over in a heartbeat because of the brutality of the sport. Yeah. So there is a realization from all these guys. I mean, you work yourself into a state to to play the game. So I'm told I didn't do it, but Wolf, listening to you and others who I've worked with over the years, you know, you work yourself into a certain uh, state of mind an altered state of consciousness, if you will, to play the sport. Mm. And everybody knows what that's like. And so when you see something like that, uh, there is real care and concern because you know that could be you. So to, to watch the response from his teammates, from the opponents, hearing the story of Joe Burrow and the Bengals' captains going over to the Bills' locker room to see if they're okay. Yeah, to your point, Luke, the coaches – that's real. That's not conjured up. That's real, right, Wolf? Am yes. I am I wrong on that? No, absolutely. It's it's stunning, is what it is right now. And my biggest question is, and I know this is a question that nobody wants to talk about. Nobody wants to consider what are you going to do? What are you going to do, Roger Goodell? What are you going to do, NFL? What are you going to do going forward right now? I understand nobody wants to address that question, yet at the same time, something has got to happen. And I would imagine sooner as opposed to later as to what they're going to do about that game. I know nobody cares about that at this moment. Nobody cares. It's all about DeMar Hamlin and how he's doing and and progressing. Everyone wants to know about that. But... I, going forward, I, I don't know how they're going to, what, what are they going to do? They're going to suspend every game that's, that's coming up? No, they're not going to do that. What, what are they going to do about this game? They're going to replay it on a Thursday night? Or, or No, I don't see that happening either. Um, I think, and this is just me, but I think off the top of my head, the biggest likelihood, and I don't know if anyone's ever even said this, and I feel stupid even talking about it, David, because, again, knowing DeMar, Hamlin is still in the hospital in critical condition. But at some point in time, you have to address what are you going to do about this game? And 
here it is, one of the biggest games of the year. And um, I, I think they might actually say it's going to be a tie. I, I don't know how you could possibly vet it any other way. And I don't know when you're actually going to play it. Because any time now is a disadvantage to those teams going forward. Well, I'm sure that's, I guarantee you it's something that the league is discussing. I'm sure they're working through all the scenarios. Um, thankfully, we don't have to, right? We, we, can, we can focus on sure. the health of DeMar Hamlin, but obviously behind the scenes, I'm sure Roger Goodell is talking to probably the owners, not just of the Bengals and the Bills, but around the league. I'm sure there are a lot of discussions going on. Yeah. Uh, to your point on a tie, I mean, you can't do anything to penalize either team. So if a tie penalizes either of those teams, um, I, I don't know how that it ends up being a solution. And then you know, the other aspect is even if you don't play that game, there are still games this weekend for those teams. And, you know, again, you don't know how this has impacted other players and other teams. I just, I feel like it's impossible to make any decision uh, until you absolutely know 100% um, where DeMar Hamlin is from a health standpoint. So, David, are, are you implying that you think it's a possibility, certainly on the table, where the NFL could possibly suspend all games this weekend and push I have no idea. Well, if I, 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 I don't know. I, I'm, I'm I know. yeah, I mean I, I have no clue. I'm just all I'm saying is you know, we we don't know about this young man's future, right. his health. If you hate to even think about it, but if the worst case scenario happens, how do how do you play football? Yeah. This week. Yeah. Yeah, I, that's all I'm saying. No, is I don't know how on earth, if you're a player, you want anything to do with playing the sport this week. Um, if, if if the worst case scenario happens, which I don't even want to think about, um, I just this is something that we we haven't seen before. We've seen injuries. We've seen guys uh, have very serious injuries where you you, you at least are comforted. I mean, we've seen it, Wolf, with Cardinal players. I think of the Anquan Bolden hit against the Jets and finding out on the plane. I remember Ken Wisenhunt getting on the uh, the PA system on the plane to let everybody know that Anquan was okay. We were we we didn't know yeah. uh, exactly what had happened and what what the future was for Anquan Bolden. The problem is right now the unknown. No one knows. All the statements are, at this point, from the family, from the NFL, from the Bills, that there are no updates right now. Um, and, and look, they and they shouldn't have to tell us everything that's going on. This is a well, it's a public situation. This is a very private matter for the Hamlin family. I'm sure that they want to be very careful with what kind of information gets out. So. I I don't know what the answer is or when we're going to have an answer. No, and I think you said it right there, Dave. There's just too much unknown at this point. Thank you so much for calling in, man. We appreciate the time as always. All right, guys. Thank you, bro.
That's uh, Dave Pass joining us right there on the Arizona Sports Line. Um, we come back, we'll switch gears a little bit and talk a little basketball. What is up with the Phoenix Suns? They got about five weeks to make a or multiple moves. We'll discuss that next. It's Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Wolf and Luke Middays, Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. We're going to switch gears to basketball here for a little bit. Use the Suns as a distraction. Although, Wolf, um, on the court, things not going great for the Phoenix Suns lately. They, they have matched their loss total from all of last season already. The run that they have been on of late, and it's not just without Devin Booker, but the run they have been on of late, basically since they beat the Bulls on November 30th, that made them 15-6. and six. They are 5-12 and 12 since then. <sighs> not something we're used to seeing with this version of this team in years. Um, and look, I mean, the New Orleans win in there was because Devin Booker played out of his mind. So you, you could easily... It's not that inconceivable that record could be even worse. There's a few things that stand out over the weekend. The loss to Toronto, the really lopsided loss to the Knicks yesterday during the day. Um, But first and foremost is when they don't have Devin Booker, they are not even remotely the same basketball team. And I guess that's going to be the case for most teams when their best player is out. But man, it is... It is striking right now with how different they look. No, you're you're right about that. But once again, I want to go back. Even when D Book was in the lineup, um, you could see the edges were fraying. There's no doubt about it. Um, it's not like they were playing great basketball, even when Book was in the lineup. So something right now. Um, I'm not panicking. Everyone knows if you've listened to me broadcasting on the air for a long time now, you know that I don't react or overreact to any type of situation. Okay, maybe time to time I do, (laughs) maybe, depending on what the topic is. But for the most part, I like to think that I I take an even-keel approach to a lot of this stuff. Um, There are ebbs and flows to every season, of course. Sometimes you're going to be up. Sometimes you're going to be down individually and collectively as well. There's a lot of moving parts on a season, and certainly the injuries have really impacted the Phoenix Suns. But you've got to ask this question right now. Um, What's wrong with this team? It's a valid question to ask. What is wrong? Because you, you, do you see this team as is right now? Do you see this team moving forward as is right now? So I have this quote. I don't. From DeAndre Ayton says, quote, I'm not used to the no fight in this. I'm used to us being down 100 and we still are going to pull out and win the game or we still have that mentality like we're about to win this game. Right now, we don't have that. So that's the only thing that's going on throughout these games and why we're losing, unquote. Again, that's DeAndre Ayton. Um, you, to your question, Wolf, do you see this team just as it's currently constructed suddenly flipping the switch? It's it's tough 
to say definitively because so many guys are out. And I go back to what you always say. You've said this throughout football season. It's not an excuse. It's it's the reality of the situation. It's a lot of reason. guys are yeah. So like if you're if you're trying to make moves for this team, are you like, well, we got to blow it up because this team's a mess? Well, no, none of the guys are playing other than Mikel Bridges, DeAndre Ayton, and and uh, and, and Chris Paul. Um, but at the same time, you're in free fall in a conference that won't forgive you if you keep free falling. Yo. So this hesitation to make a move really doesn't make a lot of sense. Now, there's this tweet from Baxter Holmes that uh, Maloney sent me right before the show. And he tweets out, as Brian Windhorst notes here, Robert Sarver still has to give the Suns personal sign-off on any deal for a player with a salary that is more than the current average player salary, multiple league sources tell ESPN. So I know that that has been a thought among a lot of Suns fans of like, it, what is James Jones doing? Is he, is he oblivious to the fact that this team is, is going to drop out of the play-in round if they don't start winning games? Uh, but I know that that thought has been out there of like, how much does the ownership switch handcuff him from being able to make any significant move? Yeah, you know, I, I don't know what the answer is to that, Luke. I do know this right here, that Jay Crowder is under contract. <laughs> he is. You are paying a guy to not right play. Now. That exactly. is weird. Yeah. You're paying a guy to basically not play. And I think, you know, we've said this before. We've intimated before that we kind of feel this way. And I think it's not just you and I, of course. It's a lot of Suns fans that are out there right now. You have to ask the question, okay, what is wrong? I don't, I don't necessarily know what is wrong, but I know what I think they need to fix. They have to get more physical. They they have to get to the line a lot more than they are. And that's the physicality aspect of being aggressive. They have to get in front of people. Where is the rock-solid shutdown stink defense of the Phoenix Suns? Where has that gone? That was part of who they were. That was part of their culture all of last year. And we saw it start out pretty pretty well this year. But, man, it has gone bye-bye. They have to find their inner Jay Crowder. That's what it feels like. Well, and to your point on the defense, I mean, also you can't you can't start a game with 11 points in the first quarter and 31 points in the first half the way they did yesterday. But to your point on the defense... That is not something that I look at and say, well, I mean, they have all these injuries. That's that's what's hurting the defense. I mean, yeah, Booker's a good defender, but but who else are they missing that's hurt that's going to come back? So you have to set Jay Crowder aside for a second. Cam Johnson. I mean, Cam Johnson's not Marcus Smart. He's a decent, you know, he's he's a good player. But I'm saying he defensively, is. you're not, it's not like you're missing Mikel Bridges and you're like, well, obviously the defense is going to suffer. So, if if the thought is, well, we'll just wait this out, I don't know that the defense is going to suddenly just get better by Seeing itself. That right there, that is what is concerning to me. Yeah, That be. is concerning. That's something that you've got to fix. What is it? You have to identify what it is. I just, I don't want to say that I don't see the effort. I don't want to say that because the effort is there. I don't know if I see the intelligence like we saw last year on the defensive end of the floor. Maybe that's a lack of communication. I don't know. Maybe maybe it's a lack of talent. I don't know. But to it's me, a lack of attitude. 
they almost and maybe that's what's bothering me more than anything else. There are games where it's kind of like what Aiton said in that quote. There are games where it's like, okay, we can't hit our shots. Well, we can't beat this team tonight. Like the the, the, the 2021-22 Suns never thought that way until apparently game six and game seven of the second round series of the playoffs. But all season long, it's exactly what DA said. If they fell behind in a game, all right, well, we'll just come back. If the game's close in the final five minutes, what did they win? Like every game last year that was close in the final five oh, yeah. minutes? Uh, incredible. Now they don't. It's like a coin flip at best. If the game is close late, you're like, eh, maybe they'll pull this out. And unfortunately, a lot of these losses are not like, oh, okay, yeah, you know, they lost by three. And then I mean, they lost that game by 19 yesterday to the Knicks, but they were down by 30 for a good chunk of that game. You know you what know, I mean? Like they're not even in these games. Can you give me the DeAndre Ayton quote again? Can you actually give me that? Yeah. Um, I got to read it. I I can't do it in DA's voice. Okay. Uh, Quote, I'm not used to the no fight in us. I'm used to us being down 100, and we're still trying to pull out and win this game, or we still have that mentality like we're about to win this game. Right now, we don't have that. So that's the only thing that's going on throughout these games and why we are losing. Okay, and he said that after last night. Is that what you're saying? I believe that was, yeah, yeah, after yesterday's game. Um, Yeah, yeah, yesterday's game. Sorry. Um... You know, he is the tone setter. And um, I know we're going to talk about this a little bit later, but I, I need to see a lot more out of DeAndre Ayton. You talk about a tone. What kind of tone is is he setting right now? You played 29 minutes. You had five boards. I, I'm, I'm sorry. I, I'm sorry. I, I'm just saying I, I love DA. And anyone that has listened to me over there, you know that I do. Yet at the same time, this guy... Um, <laughs> You know, you're, you're you're almost seven foot tall. You have a forty inch vertical. You have all the athletic ability on the face of the planet, and you're telling me you've got twenty nine minutes. You got five boards. Somehow, some way, you got to find a way to get six. Somehow, some way, you got to find a way to get seven. You, you got to find a way somehow to play twenty nine minutes and not have just one foul. At some point in time, you've got to challenge somebody. You know what? You, you can't play 29 minutes and be minus 24 on the plus minus. At some point in time, you've got to challenge somebody, including yourself, when you compete. I saw somebody tweet this out last night, and it's spot on. Um, you would think, even if they're not going to win games right now, okay, we don't have Booker, we don't have this guy, we don't have that guy. Okay, but... Shouldn't DeAndre Ayton at least be showing signs of progress? Not putting these losses on him. They they right now might be too shorthanded, but he's averaged over the last two games eight points and six rebounds. Like, you think if nothing else, he would be looking better. They might still be losing the games. And again, it's not his fault that they're losing them. But the other thing, and we can get into this later on, they got the free throw attempts last night or yesterday again were 25 to 7 New York. Like, these are, it's by 20 a game. Something is going like and not like, oh, there's a conspiracy against the Suns. Like you got to figure out how to fix this. It goes back to what you're saying about physicality being part of it. But man, like you should not be attempting 20 less free throws than your opponent every night. It's mind boggling to me that an official could walk off the court and be like, yep, I did a good job. One team shot 25 and the other team shot seven. I don't understand putting the ball on the floor, man. No. Yeah, that's taking it to the rock. It's definitely part of it. Uh, All right, when we come back, what does Jay Williams think is wrong with the Suns, and what is his reaction to what happened last night? We're going to ask the host of Keyshawn, Jay, Will, and Max next. It's Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader.